0: Hello everyone, Cold Open here to tell you a little bit about Intelligent Speech. Intelligent Speech is an online conference happening this year on November 4th between 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the theme this year is Contingencies, When History Meets the Backup Plan. It's going to have a large number of great speakers. It'll have three keynotes, eight roundtables, and 32 individual sessions in four separate virtual rooms. And we're going to be one of the speakers together with many other brilliant podcasts you've certainly heard of, such as Daniela Bolelli, Trevor from History of Persia, and several other sibling Rexy pods. The tickets are normally $30, but if you act now, you'll be able to get a $20 early bird special, but not only that... As listeners of the show, you'll be able to have an extra 10% discount on this price if you use the code RULE at checkout. R-U-L-E, RULE. We'll be participating in two panels and have our very own slot where we'll be talking to you about Alexander's side gig, dragon slaying the waters of life and talking to trees. So, it's everything you've ever wanted to know about Alexander the Destroyer in the Shahnameh and in Iranian tradition. What does he get up to? Well, it's a lot of weird stuff. But anyway, on with the show. <laughs>
1: Hello, and welcome to So You Think You Can Rule Persia, the podcast where we rate and review all the kings of Persia from Diokis to Yazdegerd III. I'm Serial, and my pronouns are they, them. And I'm Umberto, and my pronouns are he, him.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 48, which is Vononis the I. Ah, Vononis. A new name. Hooray. Honestly, that, yeah. New names are always fun. Really excited about it. We'll see. So, yeah, last time we had a very, very short-lived king. You were not very
1: impressed. Rightly so. I didn't have much of a chance to be impressed. (laughs) Like, it's always funny when we get these episodes, but I also did not know. Like, you didn't give me a heads up or anything at the beginning. It was just like, (laughs) yeah, normal episode. Oh, whoops, it's over now. Yeah. Whoops. He did. Do you have high <laughs> hopes for Venoni's,
0: or do you think it's just going to be another short one?
1: How do? How would I know?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Based on the situation, based on the fact Hopefully... that he's one of the sons that are coming from the west, and he was voted in by the nobles. After I'm the last wondering
1: one. if like he will get overthrown by another one of the brothers. Um, mm-hmm. but that could also take longer to happen. So like, I don't know. Okay. At least I hope he will be a bit more capable because, you know, in in Less a way he was like kind of maybe not brought up to rule, but like maybe yes. I don't know which one of the sons was supposed to be like the heir before we got. Well, in, so. it was unclear, which was kind of the issue. Mm, yeah. Everybody
0: was sort of equally brought up to succeed. Yeah. Well, that, not. Hey,
1: that that just means that like at least all of them have a chance, you know? Yeah, exactly. We'll see how they fare. Okay, so, well, with
0: these expectations, let's just look back briefly on what happened in our last episodes, and then we can jump straight into our friend Venoni's. So, first of all, we'll remember that the last couple of episodes were Musa. Musa came in, sent a bunch of sons off to Rome. They stayed there. In exchange, Musa killed her husband, made her son... And her rulers of the empire, as rulers of the empire, they sort of lost Armenia. It was—it's more in a gray area than it was before, and it's kind of Romanish. It's not great. And for this, they were kicked out.
1: Ah, uh, Armenia! Just let it go <laughs>
0: already. Yes. Yeah, Armenia is always a political problem, always a nightmare. But afterwards, due to this loss of Armenia. Fratakis and Musa were deposed and replaced with
1: the III. The nobility immediately regretted having elected the Third yep, Because they just pulled that out of their ass, and that's how it went.
0: Yeah. So it turns out he was horrible and they just decided, okay, no, let's kill him. Hey, wait, guys, Rome, mind, can you actually. just send us a son, please? Okay, thanks, great. And that son is Venonis I, our friend from today. So, let's find out what happened. To start with, Venonis was the eldest son of Fratis, the fourth and a wife before Musa. So, if we're going by purely primogeniture line of succession, he should have been the heir to the throne. So, he's the one who should have succeeded if Musa hadn't
1: interfered. So, hopefully, you know, he's well prepared.
0: Yeah. Also, based on the fact that when he was sent off to Rome, he was married with children. Oh. And this was in about 10 BC. We can assume he was born somewhere in the 30s BC, which means that by the time he takes a throne, he's roughly in his 40s. Like, these weren't children that were sent to Rome for Rome to take care no, 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 of them. No, I like mean These were grown men. Yeah, yeah. They were specifically chosen because they were adults. The children got to stay home, which is why Fratakis got to stay with Musa. Right. But, yeah. Venonis was, being the eldest, he was, you know, married with children. He was old enough. Did he get
1: enough. to take his family with him? He did. He did okay, he did oh God. Life,
0: <laughs> no, no, no. They weren't left behind. Also, because they probably would have died shortly after. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, well, as you mentioned, despite his favorable theoretical place in the line of succession, he was not proclaimed heir by his father, but kept around in doubt. Because, if you remember, Fratis IV killed his own father once the succession was secure, so...
1: Hmm. You
0: know, maybe he wanted to avoid having someone become too comfortable and kill him as soon as they're sure that they'll be the one to succeed. Which is sort of what happened in the end with Musa. But yeah, so, Venonis, born in the Parthian court, is raised up. He gets somewhere to his twenties, at the very least. He marries, he has children... And that's when he gets a new stepmom, who is probably about his age, which is Musa. Musa climbs the social ladder in Parthia and decides to exile Venones and all his brothers to Rome. So that, hey, they won't impede the succession. We've seen this story before. Hmm. So Venonis is sent to Rome in 10 BC, and uh, there he and his brothers are kept as honored guests of Augustus. Of course, Augustus makes a huge deal about the fact that he has these Parthian princes with him. He says, ah, look, everybody, look how great we are. The Parthians are sending us their children as tribute. This means that they clearly recognize who's the best. Look at us. We're amazing. So much so that he decides to display these Parthian heirs behind him at all public events, So that everybody can constantly be reminded that, hey, look, (sighs) remember those Parthians, remember the banners we got back. Yeah, look at me, I'm Augustus, I'm great.
1: God, Augustus. That's literally his title. I, listen, I know that the Roman Empire has all kinds, and that some of them are really, really bad. But Augustus robs me the wrong way in such a way, (laughs) like... I like Augustus, I have to say. He is terrible, but I love him. I know that he's not one of the worst. Like, he does a lot, and he lives a long time, and, like, it's it's genuinely an interesting figure. But, like, oh, (laughs) I don't like him, like, personally. Yeah, yeah.
0: I really don't. I mean, I think he's the type of person I don't like, but I like him for the fact that I don't like him. Yeah, love to hate him. Like, I appreciate the fact that he's a villain. It's like, Exa- ah, yes. but he
1: is, right? Like, we can agree. Oh, yeah. I mean,
0: he destroys the Republic and Jesus. makes everybody go along with it, but
1: yeah. still, yeah, he is I mean, cool. Totally, totally, you know, restoring the Republic. That's totally what I'm doing. That's yeah, fine. Look at him. Takes absolute power.
0: <laughs>
1: yes, but the Senate voted
0: him absolute power, so it's fine.
1: Listen, this is kind of how some elections nowadays happen, and that doesn't mean that the decision was actually. You know, yes, democratic. But it means that
0: you do have a shield against critics, which is what you need. I guess. But anyway, Venonis spends his time in Rome. He is apparently living there in luxury because he's not a hostage. He's just an honored guest. He lives there and he is quite happy and enjoys his time there. He spends his late 20s, early 30s there. He develops, he seems to enjoy a lot of Roman things. He seems to acclimate well to the new culture. He enjoys wine. He gets more accustomed to, you know, the Roman side of living. He doesn't ride horses as often. He doesn't practice with his bow as often. He is just Mm. living as a nice, wealthy Roman nobleman. And he attends the parties of Augustus. He is, he's enjoying himself.
1: Okay. Make the most out of what you have, I guess.
0: Yeah. The next we hear of him is when his father is murdered, because, well, Fratis IV is killed, and Musa succeeds to the throne. At this point, Augustus also gets a letter saying, Hey, can you please send us the princes back? We just want to talk. No, it's okay. Don't worry about their safety. Just send them back, please. Trust me. (laughs) Trust me, bro. It's okay. I just
1: want to talk. Yeah.
0: Augusta says, no, I I kind of like having these Parthian princes at my house. They're very decorative. Hmm. I'll keep them here for a while. Thank you very much. And well, Fratakis and Musa can't do much about this. They just say, okay, that's annoying, but fine. That's a shame.
1: Whatever, I guess.
0: And so Venones remains in Rome for a few more years, an extra half a decade. He hears about the fall of Fratakis and Musa. He hears that this new Orodes the third has become king. This random guy, so is maybe a half-brother, maybe just a random cousin. He's succeeded. He hasn't done much. He's been executed. Done. Hmm. And well, this is the point where, as we mentioned, Orodes is murdered by the Parthian nobility, and the nobles assemble a council and have a bit of a deliberation, because there are different parties among there that support different candidates. So in the end, it becomes the consensus that one of the sons of the IV, so one of the exiled princes, should be the heir to the throne. It's unclear why they were chosen exactly, after they were fine with Erodes, who was more distant in the line succession, but physically closer. But it's possible that maybe they were hoping that Phononis being that one, you know, Phononis or his brothers being further away would be more impartial to political troubles in Parthia. So, you know, they're not on the side of anyone noble because they don't really know them very well. So they're going to be impartial and uh, deal Mm. with everyone fairly. Well, you know, it could be. Who knows? Alternatively, it could be that. The pro-Roman party was dominant at the time, so there was a group of nobles that wanted closer ties with Rome, better relationships, and they thought, okay, Rome will be less likely to declare war on us or work against us if we have a friendly king, so getting one of the Roman princes is probably best. And the last option is that everyone else was so terrible that they decided, yeah, you know what, I'd rather have an unknown prince from far away Rather than the idiots that we have here.
1: <laughs> well.
0: So whichever of these might have been. So they said Jessica all the way to Rome, because we haven't seen her in a while. And Jessica, when she gets to Rome, is told, oh, P.S., go to Germania, where Tiberius is. He has the princes. Ask him. So Jessica goes all the way to Germania, meets Tiberius, and says... Hey, can we please have one of Frati's, the fourth sons? We don't care which, just, you know, one of them. Choose your favorite. Yeah, choose your favorite or least favorite, the one you most want to leave. And will the Romans decide uh, we have no special favorites? Uh, Venonis, you're the oldest, you'll do. Congratulations, you're becoming king.
1: Huh. Interesting. Because, I mean, then it was... Left to the Romans to
0: decide? Yeah, I mean, the sources say that they just asked for a son of Frates. Huh. Didn't say, oh, we I want I specifically. I mean, I guess, the nobles, I guess just... the
1: nobles didn't care. But I feel like the Romans, being how they are, would like definitely choose. Like, oh, you're more favorable towards Rome. Like, you will do.
0: Like, that they get possible. to choose the
1: next king. Yeah. Come on. I mean, yeah, it's
0: either that they didn't really care enough. It might be that they just didn't have a very high opinion of any of the princes, and they said, They're all spoiled Eastern princes, one is worth another, who cares? Like you see them doing this in the late Republic with a lot of Hellenistic princes. They say, Yeah, I don't care, sure, you'll do, just go hmm. be our subject, bye bye. So it could just be the general arrogance of the Romans saying, We don't care. Or maybe, yeah, indeed, Venonis maybe was the most favorable to the Roman side, or he was deemed somehow more capable than his brothers. So Venonis then takes a field trip together with Jessica, and he travels all the way from Germania to Parthia, where he is finally enthroned sometime in 8 AD. Which means that Parthia had, like, a couple years where he is technically king, but... He wasn't physically in the country, and he was just traveling. So, that was probably a period where the nobles were quite happy just doing whatever, because they were just waiting for their king to arrive. But yeah, finally, Venonis arrives, and he is deposited in Ctesiphon. He is crowned king, and, well, the nobles can now actually see who they chose for the king.
1: Yeah, surprise.
0: What do you think their opinion is?
1: Uh, cool, Do you think the nobles thanks. will look
0: favorably on Venonis, or do you think they'll yeah. be... Well, there's one thing you need to learn about Parthian Noble, serial is that they're never happy with the choice they've made. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. The nobles look at Venonis and say...
1: A very Roman-looking guy by now, I assume. Yes, exactly.
0: Venonis has spent... Fifteen years in Rome, and the nobles say, wait, who sent us a Roman? We thought we had a Parthian prince. Wait, this guy can can barely ride a horse. He can't bullseye a lion from 100 meters away with a bow. <laughs> who is he? Also, he's not wearing pants. He's wearing a skirt. What is this? Oh, right. What are you doing, you freak? Also, he doesn't ride horses. He just gets carried around by servants in a litter. Like, a weirdo? Like, what are you doing?
1: I mean, like, he lived most of his life in Parthia. Come on.
0: Yeah, but he's lived his last 15 years in Rome, and he's adapted very well, apparently.
1: All right. I see. Fair. No, fair. I mean, I've been living abroad for, like, half of that, and... Yeah. yeah. If you called to become the monarch of Spain... Well, that was never, like, (laughs) my, you know, upbringing, or... (laughs) And that he, wasn't, that wasn't Venoni's upbringing that. either. <laughs> I mean, he was a prince. I beg to yeah, differ. Yeah, still.
0: A prince among many. But yeah. So he's brought back and all the nobles think, Ew, they sent us a Roman. Sent him back. We want a good one, actually. He's gross. And also, it just looks bad in general because they hoped he was going to be an actual Parthian ruler, but if he's just going to be that obviously a Roman puppet... Mm. It doesn't taste good, it's just like, it's just sad and terrible and it doesn't leave a good precedent to just have basically Romans come to our country and rule us. That's not good. So the nobles begin their schemes once more because they ordered him on wish and they got a bad product.
1: (laughs) Well, that's what happens when you order online without like checking. They literally said, send us a prince. Like. (laughs) (laughs) They were hoping they were all equally good, Serial. I mean, like, and they might. But then, like, you don't get to complain. Excuse me. Well, they do. Yeah, no, of course they do. Like, first they leave it on the hands of the romance. The romance? The romance. (laughs) Romance? To, like, to make the decision for them. And then they're like, oh, no, but not this one. Like. First, like, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Honestly, yeah. this is
1: on them. And, like, not the prince's fault. I'm sorry. I mean, Venoni is probably just, you
0: know, did his best. You know. Yeah. I feel like he, he tried. Also, it might just be that in the two years it took Venonis to travel from Germania all the way to Parthia. The political balance in the nobility may have changed. So whoever wanted a Roman prince in the first place was kicked out of power and the new people thought, oh no, this was actually a bad idea. It sets a bad precedent to tell the Romans they could just nominate our kings.
1: Yeah, like, I am, I'm (laughs) speechless. (laughs) Yes, correct. But yeah, so the nobles now
0: gather in a secret council and they decide on a new prince. This prince is Artabanus.
1: Ah, I know that name. Because we've had it before.
0: <laughs> yes, he's Artabanus the third, according to our podcast. Okay. The second, according to Wikipedia. The fourth, according to others. We're going with the third. The Artabanuses have terrible numbering. But anyway. Who is this Artabanus? Well, he was an Arsacid prince, and he was a grandson of the IV, no longer just a son. Through a daughter. Oh. So, Fratis had a daughter. This daughter went in marriage to a Saka prince off in the east, and they had a child who was Artabanus. And Artabanus had recently become the king of Media Atropatene, which is a vassal kingdom in the sort of northwestern part of the empire. It borders Armenia, basically. So, he's a vassal king already, so he's clearly proven that he can govern. He is, he does have the support of the Eastern families because he is descended from a Saka prince. He is part of the royal line. Sure, it descends from a daughter, but fine. It's an elected monarchy. What are you going to do?
1: We'll give it a pass, whatever. Yes.
0: So, hooray, in 9 AD, Civil War time. Hey. So, Artabanus strikes first, gathers up his army from his little kingdom, and marches off against Venonis. But our boy Venonis manages to win a very impressive victory against the usurper and manages to push him back in the mountains of Media. However, there in Media, Artabanus is well protected enough with all these mountains, all these natural protections, that he can regroup his army and once more attack Venonis. And this next time, however, Venonis is defeated by Artabanus who then takes a throne from him. Hmm. And we're told that Venonis fled on horseback this time. He wasn't carried by other people, so a bit late now, Venonis, but better (laughs) late than never. So he flees on horseback to Seleucia, takes some treasure, and then runs off into the wilderness. And shortly afterwards, Artabanus arrives in Seleucia and is crowned and proclaimed king of kings in Ctesiphon in 12 AD. What do you think happened to Venonis, now that he's off in the wilderness?
1: Oof. Do you have high hopes? Did a stray arrow magically lodge itself in his back? Not really, Cyril. It was actually very lucky. Because Venonis ran off
0: into the wilderness, and he crossed the border off into Armenia. Okay. And it was just in those days that the Armenian king had been overthrown. And the nobles of Armenia were looking for a new king. Oh. Oh.
1: Oh my god. This is, <laughs> this is so funny, Wade. This is such a funny story. Just like, yes. oh look, what is that in the distance? <laughs> it's a king coming to a it's town a without yeah. a king. Oh my god. Just what we... like is the joke. <laughs> in which show was this that was like... Oh, it was in Phineas and Ferb. Like, do you think that a new king just will fall out of the sky? <laughs> Yes. Oh, look, a new Cue. king.
0: Nice. Cue Venonis riding for his life into Armenia. So, yeah, all the Armenians think okay, we wanted a king that was friendly to the Romans. Venonis was in Rome for, he was rejected for being too Roman, so sounds like a good candidate. Hi, Venonis. Do you want to be <laughs> king of Armenia? <laughs> Which point Venonis this is says. So ridiculous. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> Just lost one kingdom, I can get another one. That's great, thank you. I this approve of so, this.
1: This is so, ridiculous. I'm losing my mind.
0: Also, since the Romans needed to approve whoever became king of Armenia, and Augustus personally knew Venonis, they had lived together for 15 years, Augustus yeah. rubber-stamped and said, Yep, perfect, you can be our king of Armenia. Love this.
1: I mean, the king of Armenia, not, not our king of Armenia, of course. No, 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 of course, Cyril. It would be ridiculous to think Rome has influence in foreign countries. <laughs> that is part of their policy to not do that, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: So yeah, so Venonis manages to become a king of Armenia. He rules there for several years. And things seems to be going quite well. Until Artabanus the now king of Parthia, starts to get a bit nervous. Because he doesn't like the fact that there's a kingdom on his border with a guy that has a claim on his throne. Because if there are any internal troubles in Parthia, Venones has a whole kingdom's worth of soldiers to just go and capture Parthia again. So clearly Artabanus is going to feel uneasy at the whole situation and want some changes. So he writes a strongly worded letter to the new emperor Tiberius, huh. saying, "Hey, it's cool that you can choose the king of Armenia. That's fine, but maybe choose someone else. Cause I don't like the fact that Phanones is there. I'd rather have someone else." Please,
1: he just got that be there.
0: Nice. I. <laughs> I swear. And well, do you think the Romans comply, or do they say, "Screw you, it's our king"?
1: I mean, they probably say through you because it is convenient for them to have this mm-hmm. as the king. So why would they, you know? Well, it
0: seems that Tiberius was concerned enough by the possibility of a war with Parthia, in case of this diplomatic exchange went poorly, that he decided to replace Venonis. He said, okay, fine. Bononis oh, was yeah. king of Armenia for three or four years. Goodness. We don't want to... Attack the Parthians right now! So, Venonis, please leave the throne. Thank you very much. I hope you have a good time not being. Why king are we anymore. doing
1: this? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Venonis. I mean, like, I this this is supposed to like he's already not the king of the Persian Empire. So like, this is outside of like. Oh yeah. The, I mean, we're, his, still, we're still reviewing his, his life, past, right? But like, this is yeah. But like he just cannot catch a break.
0: Yeah, no. You feel terrible for the guy. He was the eldest son of the king. Then he got exiled to Rome. Then got called all the way to Parthia. Got kicked out of Parthia. Caught in Armenia. Got kicked out of Armenia.
1: Like and like, does he get a? Because ch- so far we haven't talked about like anything he got to do. Like any and like, did he get a chance to do anything? Eh, not really. He was just kicked out. <laughs>
0: Before he could really do anything, uh, I hate
1: the nobles. Oh so yeah, so much. that, I mean, I that is know. the theme of I Parthian
0: s- history. I hate the nobles so much. Uh,
1: I still cannot believe that they were like, "Yeah, we'll t- we'll let Rome choose our ruler. That's fine. That's <laughs> a fine thing to do." But no, apparently not. They're still not happy. I hope they know in their long decomposed graves that history is judging them and that I hate them.
0: Oh, yeah. The Parthian nobles really should just sit down and understand what's good
1: for that nation and not just themselves because they're very bad at doing well, that. Well, I feel like, sadly, in our world, <laughs> there's a lot of selfish people who will never see repercussions for their actions while they oh, screw yeah, everyone sure. over.
0: So. But there are some people who are actually trying to improve things.
1: Yeah, of course. And those are the ones that we should, you know, let make the decisions. Yeah.
0: Gee. But no, this is not the case here. Clearly. So now no longer protected by a crown, Vanonis runs away from Armenia. And he flees all the way to the governor of Roman Syria in Antioch, where he is... Treated as an honored guest, and he is treated as a king. He is the king of nothing, but he is apparently (laughs) treated as a king. So that's nice, I guess. Do you get to feel special now? Do you want a badge? Yes, he gets to wear a crown. He has nothing to rule over, but the crown's nice. And, well, the problem is that he still can't rest in Antioch. Because for a series of reasons we'll cover next time, there was a risk of war between Parthia and Rome. And the situation was being diffused, the peace talks were being made. But in exchange for peace, Artabanus, who is still king of Parthia, wanted Venonis to be removed from the frontier so that if the nobles decided anything, Venonis couldn't just charge back across the border and make himself king. So maybe move him away. How does that sound? (sighs) Also, we're not sure if it's true, but Artabanus was certainly claiming that Venonis was in contact with members of the nobility, sending letters to them, trying to convince them to take him back. So that would have made him uncomfortable as king. Sure. But yeah, so once again, the Romans decide that they don't want to have a war with Parthia. That would be not worth it. So, okay, fine. We'll transfer Venonis all the way to Cilicia in the city of Pompeiopolis, which is fun. Because remember Pompey, he was Yeah, let me guess who founded that. (laughs) Yes, our favorite Alexander fanboy. And well, in Cilicia, Venonis was in a house arrest, but it doesn't seem like it was that nice. He was starting to get uncomfortable and unhappy with the situation. So in 19 AD, he decided that he was going to make a break for it. He is off on a hunt with his guards, and they're off in the forest, far away, and when he gets far enough, he bribes his guards to look away in another direction, and Venonis just rides off into the wilderness, running away from his Roman captors. The problem is that the news of him being away reaches the Roman prefect. The Roman prefect knows that there is one way out of there, and it's across a bridge, so he has the bridge torn down. So by the time Venones arrives to the bridge, he sees that it is entirely unoccupied. And he can't make it across. He is screwed. At this point, Venones is recaptured by his Roman guards. And since these guards are concerned that Venones will tell their superiors that he bribed them and they went along with it. Oh boy. Well, the guards take Venones on another hunt. And in this oh hunt, he accidentally... Gets brutally murdered by a bunch of arrows. There was no way of seeing them. It was a very misty hunt. So sure. thus ends the life of our poor, poor beleaguered
1: the I. Any thoughts, Ariel? I... None of this was his fault, really. I don't know. Like, I feel sorry for him. Yeah, you
0: feel like he didn't really deserve all the bad things that happened to him. He was also very lucky in the fact that he was just randomly chosen to become king of Parthia, and then he was randomly chosen to become king of Armenia. Yeah. But that luck didn't last very long for him, so... Yeah, it's not ideal. Not terrible. Not great. So, yeah, are you ready to rate him, Sariel? I mean, I, I guess. mm <laughs> I'm so sorry for him. Our first category is final moments. How interesting was his death? Kind of interesting, actually. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was basically failing a prison escape and then being murdered by his guards to avoid revealing the fact that they collaborated in the escape. Yeah. I feel like it's nice. We get some detail. Reasonably high, not terribly. I'm thinking around a four. How about you?
1: Um, yeah, that seems fair, you know, like... Because there's a murder, there's a bit of a story.
0: It's not super personal or super juicy, but it's solid. Yeah. You're matching with a four then? Yep, I am. So with a four and a four, he gets a four out of ten for final moments. Our next category is battle hardness. How good was he at war and fighting? Uh... He lost... I mean, no. No, no, no. You don't know? He sort of did something. Because when (sighs) Artabanus first rebelled... He sort of didn't suck. Venonis managed to defeat him once. But Artabanus then managed to regroup and take the throne. So he had at least one military success, which I think is worth a token point. Afterwards at Armenia, he gave up without a fight. And then afterwards, he didn't really have enough control to do much military business really so i think i'm just gonna stick for a token one because he won one battle at least that's worth something
1: Hmm. i guess i am i guess i'm going with you (laughs) are you not convinced i mean that token point makes sense otherwise yeah he didn't do much and then he lost i don't know so, Yeah, so you're sticking with the token point. Yeah, yeah. I don't see any other, you know... Fair enough. Reasoning. Okay, so with a 1 and a 1, he gets a 2 out of 20 for battle
0: hardness. Our next category is scheminess. How good was he at plots and manipulations? Maybe he was... So, the only thing he has here what you going mean? for him is that... Maybe when he was in Syria, he was sending letters to the nobles to try and get his throne back. That is an accusation of his rival, but he was considered dangerous enough by Artabanus that he had to be put in custody and sent away from the border. Yeah. So I think this might be worth something. We don't have any evidence for the fact that he did this, but I think, again, I'm expecting like a token point for the fact that even if he didn't he was considered problematic enough that he might have done it so yeah apart from that there's not much else to discuss in his powers so yeah i'm going for one how about you
1: yeah i don't think i don't think he did that cuz then the nobles didn't like him anyway so like i feel like if he did they would have had more of a relationship and he would have had more support, and they wouldn't have been so yeah, shocked. But, you know, he was supported by some nobles on the first. Nah, I don't think
0: no? he did that. Okay. No. Oh, fair enough. So, with a 1 and a 0, he gets a 1 out of 20 for scheminess. Our next category is shock factor. How shocking was this man? Well, he was pretty shocking, because he was just very Roman. I... Everybody disliked the fact that he was so Roman. He didn't wear pants. He couldn't shoot a bow. He couldn't ride horses. He didn't enjoy royal hunts. He didn't properly show respect to the nobles because, you know, Rome doesn't have nobles. What respect? They have an empire.
1: They don't deserve it.
0: So I think he, he was pretty shocking. There's nothing terribly impressive. Oh, I guess you could put in shock factor the fact that he just showed up in Armenia the day yes, they dethroned their that king. Is so good. It was like, that Hi. is hilarious, actually. <laughs> I am your new king. I am your new management. So I do like that. I think that's very fun. And shock factor, I... Hmm. I don't know if you want to put the fact that he tried a prison break. That might actually be more back in scheminess.
1: Sure. Hmm. I mean, it wasn't a, a schemey prison break. It was like, I pay you, you get me out. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to have the map of the... Prison I mean, maybe he like, did we don't know. wait for the guard to you know like yeah yeah enough
0: but yeah so his main shock factors are being way too Roman just randomly becoming king of Armenia and maybe <laughs> breaking out of jail yes or you know not really jail it was more custody he he was allowed to go on hunts so I think it's worth something I'm not crazy about it I think I'm looking at a four. I think two points yeah. for the no, being true Roman, two right. points for the random Armenia. <laughs> four seems right to, to me, so yeah. Yeah, you're matching. So, Damn. yeah, I think with a four and a four, he gets an eight out of 20 for shock factor. Our next category is Aaron Shine. How good was he for the Empire in general and Iran in particular? He is, again... He is in the chapter after Fratis the Fourth there were a series of short lived rulers and then the big <sighs> king happened. You'll I find see. out which the big king that happens I
1: is. forgot this. When you ask me like how do you think he's gonna do I forgot that we were in a period of <laughs> short lived rulers. Yeah, yeah.
0: I could have Not you know great. Where you know, Musa deserves a lot more credit there, but Yes cowards we'll see how long venoni's reigned compared to musa well uh, well you'll see that in lengthiness but erin he didn't harm the empire he didn't improve the empire yeah again i'm wondering if because he definitely well oh, spoiler alert he definitely ruled longer than a roadie, so he had time to do things
1: i mean that's not hard
0: <laughs> yeah So I don't know if he reigned long enough to give him like a standard five baseline for ruling because he just, the empire didn't do worse. You know, I I think I'm going to start with a baseline of five, remove one because he's overthrown, remove one because he's setting a bad precedent as being a Roman puppet of Parthia and remove one because he just didn't do much. So I think I'm going to stick with a two. I think it's worth something because he could have just driven the empire into a wall and he didn't, but it's just meh. So yeah, I think
1: I'm going to aim for a two. How about you? Hmm. Is it his fault or the noble's fault that he set the precedent that Romans can just set our rulers? Uh, I guess it is more the noble's fault. Yeah, thank you. He was, after all, the like supposed, like actual ruler that was supposed to rule. Oh yeah, sure, but the
0: empire isn't doing great after him. Like you know, he could have yeah, broken yeah. with Rome. Yeah, as yeah, soon yeah. As he no, of course. I just made more of a show. But yeah, no. St- the nobles definitely have a lot of the blame here for the empire going worse. I mean, the nobles have the blame for all his demerits. The fact that he is overthrown and the fact that he is a, more of a Roman puppet there. You know, if the nobles had organized this better, they would have had a better king. But, yeah, so, meh, but could have
1: been worse. So, what score are you thinking? Like a three.
0: A three? Okay,
1: that's fair enough. One more point, because I don't think it's his fault that the nobles were so stupid. Okay, understandable. So,
0: yeah, with a two and a three, he gets a five out of twenty for Shine. Our next category is face of faces. What do you think this man look like? And here we'll find out what you think a Roman Parthian looks like? Oh my God, right. (laughs) Oh no, heck, (laughs) help. Um. Okay, so Serial has finished their drawing. Let me pick it up and tell you all about our lovely, lovely Bononis. Ooh, this one's elaborate, let me see. (laughs) <laughs> it's
1: not <laughs> it's a trick
0: yes <laughs> well we have three scenes we have a man dressed in a toga with a nice long beard long hair and a diadem which is our friend Fanoni's, and we see a litter and he is being carried in this litter by four shadowy people and he's pointing one direction sending them there he's pointing another direction sending them another way he's pointing a third direction sending them again one their way and we see the cries of anguish Of one of the litter bearers just begging Venonis to please just walk or just do something on his own. Because come on, my dude, you could just ride a horse like everyone else. What are you doing? So, thank you, Serial, this is very nice. I especially like
1: the way the toga looks. I know it was not easy. Nah, I, you know, don't look into it too much.
0: Eh, (laughs) nice. But yeah, so if you listeners would like to check this out, you can go in the episode notes that are in the description of our episode or go onto our website into Serial's Portrait Gallery.
1: Or if you're a patron, you can also find it on our Discord.
0: Yes. And now, Serial, let me show you what Venonis actually look like and you can tell me what you think. Here he is. It's a guy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I have the same us before. Yeah. The guy on profile, I still like the slight stylization of these coins. But like, yeah, same hairstyle, same diadem, same same thing. Yeah, he's he's a dude. He's not especially notable. He has the same nah. long pointy beard, flowy nah, hair. Like a one. I'm bored. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Is there anything at all? No. The diadem is a bit thicker than usual, but that's just well, we the already had now. That- last time yeah 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 he's a dude yeah i agree i think i'm going to go for a one as well because yeah it's it's the nth guy that looks this way so with a one and a one he gets a 0.5 out of five for face of faces our next category is the lengthiness how long do you
1: think he ruled I mean, in going from one place to another and such, you said, like, the first couple of years he wasn't even there, he was traveling, so, like... Yes. Those couple of years still count in his reign, Yeah, 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 yeah. He was technically king. Like,
0: five years? I don't know, I feel like that's too much. Five years, he actually ruled for a grand total of six years as king of Parthia and three to four years as king of Armenia. So he ruled longer than Musa, actually, by one year. I mean... Yeah, so he ruled from 6 AD to 12 AD. So he's still in a bunch of short-lived rulers. Who knows? Will Artabanus be the one that breaks the streak? Will he he be the one that saves us all and rules for a long time and improves the empire, actually? I guess we will find out. Well, we'll find out next week. But anyway, with 6 years divided by 10, that gives us a 0.6 out of 5 for lengthiness and that leads us to the total score which is a total of 21.1 out of 100 which places him between Darius III and Seleucus IV which is fair enough i guess because Seleucus IV ruled for a while but didn't do anything too flashy yeah Darius III lost an empire so Panonius is isn't fine <laughs> it's okay it's, it's we can a, agree that it's It's fine. fine. Yeah, it's nothing that is huge, but yeah. It could have been worse, Fanonis. Congratulations. Well, that leads us to the final question, which is to ask, is he travel enough? This is is not an an adjective. Armenia is is not an adjective. Pick one he'll do fine enough (laughs) (laughs) to be a Shah, or is he just a Shahanah? No,
1: it wasn't. It wasn't that impressive or funny. I feel like, I feel like it's it's not close, but
0: it, I think it has the seeds of something great. Like the whole jumping back and forth and going to Armenia and running away constantly—that's fun. Yeah. I feel like we don't have enough detail for it to like. It's be a shot weird story,
1: but like, th- then nothing happened. He just went places and then he stopped. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's fun, but it's not worth being remembered <sighs> like everyone else. I think, yeah, he's close enough, but oh well. Sorry, Venonis, you're a Shahana. You can go off into the desert and meet Arodis Third and tell him, you were useless. Yeah. I wasn't great, but at least I did better But yeah, than he you. wasn't great either, sadly. So that is the end of today's episode. Thank you all for joining us. We hope you'll join us next time for our Tabinus III. Is he the one that breaks the streak, or is he just another member of the short-lived rulers of this period? Who knows? In the meantime, if you'd like to support us, you can uh, join our Patreon, where you get access to a series of extra episodes, and you can even have the possibility to choose which extra episodes are going to be next. Right now, we're going to be going through a Mini series on Greek people who had to do with the Achaemenid Empire. So that's interesting and that'll be fun. If instead you'd rather not support us monetarily, that's fine. But we'd also appreciate if you could give us a rating or a review on your podcast app of choice because we love to hear those and it makes more people know that we have a thing that exist, you can listen So to. that's always cool. Also, following up on last time. Yes. We have joined Blue Sky, so if you want to follow us there, please do. It's, it's fun now. and not horrible yet, so that's good. But yeah, so that's all for me, really. And uh, we hope you have a lovely week, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.
1: Bye.